Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. As we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, we welcome back to the show former Edmonton Oiler player, assistant coach, head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears, Ian Herbers. He's our Oilers now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Ian, how are you? Tired, Bob, but other than that, good. Uh, sorry, I, I miss you at the start. A little bit disappointed in the way it ended for your group? Uh, well, tired. Just all the travel, long day getting back. We had a uh, 1 o'clock bus out of UPI, Charlottetown, to catch a 6 a.m. flight out of Halifax. So, long day yesterday. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> not... Well, you, I mean, you played in Cape Britain, didn't you, back in the day after you played for the Bears? Correct. Yeah, I was there for, uh, well, parts of three years. You guys... Uh, one full year and then parts of the other two. So, yeah, uh, used to that flight and... Yeah, absolutely. All right. How would you assess overall? I will get to the specifics in a couple of the games, but uh, I personally, some people said, well, the Bears are never rebuilding. They're reloading. To me, this was a little bit of a rebuilding. You, know, you had a really deep, good team last year. You lost 5-4 in double overtime in the national championship final to UQTR, a game you probably should have won. You outshot them 70-40. to um, You made it back to the national championship for the third straight year. Ian, that we've had one, uh, 2019 in Lethbridge, 2022 in, uh, where was it last year? It was in Acadia, Wolfville, and then again yep. this year. Uh, is that an accomplishment that you guys made it this far, given the amount of turnover you had on your roster? Well, I think there was a lot of people in February, January, maybe even December, that were thinking there's no way the Bears team's going to be battling for a national title on Sunday. Uh, obviously, we had some tough weekends, some games we weren't as strong as we needed to be, as sharp as we needed to be. Uh, but the one thing, the resiliency with our group, we kept battling. The leadership in our group uh, kept directing us in the right direction. And we played our, our best game that Friday at, at Nationals. Uh, right time to peak. Everything came together, and our guys were playing good. Uh, we left everything at the tournament. We're proud of the way the guys played and competed. Our leadership group, fantastic. Uh, all the people that help us, our staff and assistant coaches and everybody that makes this, this machine run properly. Um, and then the volunteers and the sponsorships at the tournament, all the people that we dealt with directly in, in UPI and Charlottetown were fantastic. The, all the volunteers that are right around our dressing room and at the hotel and everywhere else. So it was a good week for us. Is it fair to say this wasn't on paper one of your more deep teams that you've had? Uh, obviously, we didn't have the, the high-end, high-end offensive power. Uh, with the two, well, two of our top four or top six defensemen didn't play in the tournament. It was Savankov blowing his knee out in December, and then uh, McLeod was coming down with mono before we went for nationals, and then losing two of our top nine forwards in the first five, six minutes of game one. Uh, so we had to finish that game one with 10 forwards and our guys battled and played through and we just ran out of gas at the end but the guys that did get into the lineup that maybe hadn't played as much even Berlin coming in that one game uh, did a fantastic job, played hard and were positive on there and gave us chances to be, to be successful You uh, 
You guys were slow starters on a lot of Friday night's game. The first game, uh, Friday afternoon game, was at 9 o'clock, Edmonton puck drop. I watched it before we hopped on the bird to fly to Seattle, Ian. And uh, you scored on the first shift. And then you mentioned an injury. Ryan Hughes, who's an Edmonton kid, uh, you know, basically a 70-point scorer back-to-back years in the WHL. He's a point-per-game player for you. He runs one of your power plays. He got knocked out of the tournament with a just a brutal uh, concu- uh, concussion on a, on a heavy hit. And you guys capitalized. You scored three times on the power play. The game was over at that point. But was your team ever the same after he got hurt? And then uh, was it Adam Hall that got hurt as well? Yeah, it was Adam Hall uh, a few minutes later on, but uh, as you said, that was Hughes, I think, first shift. Yeah. Uh, maybe he was the main key on our second power play unit, and the funny thing is I slid in uh, Justin Hall into that unit, and that unit scored three of our power play goals. Uh, yeah. So the ability of our guys just being able to step in and uh, overcome adversity and find ways to get in back net. You said the 9, or the nine, or, or 9 a.m. Alberta time start. Um, that's the best first period for best game we played um, all season long. Our guys came out firing, were intense, had the jump, execution, uh, were doing everything properly, and then obviously scoring right off that first shift. And then, uh, as you know, on a five-minute power play, and especially early in the game, you get a little casual and sit back right. or maybe a little tentative, and our guys just went out and scored, scored, scored. Um, it was all and over. created other chances in that, and that. And so that's the key, and that's how the focus and determination our guys, they, you know, a lot of our guys were there last year in the Sting where, where we gave away the national title last year. So um, they came out and proved that they want to get back there. All right, so you win 7 nothing in the first game. Then you get Prince Edward Island, the host school, after they upset Calgary in the first game. And they, uh, they, they, they had a very aggressive forecheck, and as it turned out, a very aggressive team. You score in the first shift again, even quicker than you scored in the opening game. And you build up a 3 nothing lead going to the third period. And I, I was watching on the bus after the game uh, in Seattle, and they were running, you guys. Like, they, they, they stopped playing, and then you had the incident. Um, where first, uh, you know, Kruger, who's a very good goaltender, he's Ethan Kruger, he's, uh, the Oilers brought him into the development camp a couple times. Uh, he gets run, and then the guy gets up after the melee's over and sucker punches him again. Now, Ian, you are not a shrinking violet. You know, I played against you uh, in, back in midgets. You were not, a, you, were a, you were a nasty piece of work, and you were huge. Uh, you fought in the minor pros. You fought in the NHL. Um how exasperated and frustrated were you with that whole situation with Prince Edward Island? Well, it started right after that first shift. We scored um, immediately. Again, Fontaine was fantastic all weekend long and set that goal up with his speed and his skill. Um, they put their check-in line on right after that, and right after that next shift after we scored, it was nonstop for the rest of the game. Um, so I've coached with Newsport now or Canada West for almost 10 years here, and that's the worst game an opponent's been against us. You know, teams will play us hard, physical. I respect that. You know, that's part of the game, but this is all cheap stuff, all one behind, uh, targeting players. Uh, And the Kruger incident, you can see in video, the guy's driving the net and then clearly jumps into Kruger and takes him completely out. And then when his helmet's off and he's getting back up and looking the other way, he gives him the sucker punch. Uh, And all you see at that point is Kruger lying face down on the ice and having to get help from our trainer and the players to get him off the ice. Uh, so at that point, I'm thinking that, you know, he's done for the tournament and everything else with after that punch and stuff. And then there was a few other incidents. And when Berlin, when he had to jump out of the way a couple times, too, because I'm coming in. 
Um, it's unfortunate to see things like that. The, the game is way better now than it used to be. And that was like playing 80s hockey again, minus all the fighting. Uh, yeah. It took everything by our staff and our leadership to keep control on the bench and, and during the game, or else it could really turn into a gong show. Um, so the focus for our players and leadership to, you know, to keep playing and trying to get their way through it. But that's uh, five minutes or so left in the game. I talked to my assistants quickly and then uh, bent over and talked to our captain. And he would, they, they didn't feel safe on the ice. And with something else coming during handshakes or after the game, it just it didn't make sense. We've been through that situation in 2019, um, and it wasn't a, a good move. Our guys didn't want to be on the ice. Uh, and so you're referencing the semifinal game against Saskatchewan, and their captain basically started a five-on-five line brawl that Greg, Craig had to take the fight in. And you could have had players suspended, and they ultimately did not suspend Craig because they felt he had to defend himself in that situation. But uh, And that's what you were worried about, was them starting a melee in the post-game handshake line? Well, anything could have been sparked. For me, the team could have said something or whatever the case, and uh, something flared up. So, you know, our guys were frustrated all game long with all the slashes and everything behind and uh, targeting guys like Fontaine and Davidson during during the game. And uh, to their credit, they they bit their lip and they worked hard to, to get the win and the outcome we needed. Um, but anything could happen during the handshake. So didn't want that situation to happen. There was already a big enough black eye. Uh, for you sport hockey and we didn't need anything worse did you uh so when you guys left i heard reports that they uh they had a couple players sort of try to get into your bench as you guys were walking is that true Uh, from what i heard i didn't see it personally uh, but that's what it sounded like, and it was a good thing the, the officials did a, a good job on that part, and I think all four of them were there and stopped anything else from happening and, and pro- progressing further. Well, this is a league uh, that had Moncton attack the officials back in the mid-1990s, and the program yeah, got that, suspended for a couple of seasons. You remember that. You're, you're playing yeah, yeah, that's 80s and 90s. This is 2023 now, and, and the game is way better, and stuff like this shouldn't be happening in our game or any level. All right. No matter if it's pro or youth hockey or whatever the case is, um, you know, hockey's a physical game, a hard game. Emotions get going, uh, but it needs to be a lot smarter than that. Okay, so you get New Brunswick. You're playing three and three, and they got a really good team. And you mentioned the fact that you ran out of gas. Uh, they played uh, on Thursday, got the day off on Friday. Then they played the early game Saturday. Uh, you guys played the late game on Saturday. You knew what it was going to be. Uh, teams have won when playing three on three in the past, but you mentioned you ran out of gas. Do you think a combination of things, maybe not having McLeod on defense, not having uh, Hughes and Hall up front, also played a factor a bit on some of the limitations you had with your lineup, uh, just with the experience factor of you know some really good major junior players that are bigger bodies that could have, uh, or is that, or do you just have to tip your hat? By the way, there were no penalties in that game Ian, against New Brunswick, were there? No, no, not a penalty in that. Both teams played hard and clean. Um, they obviously, it's nice to have Adam in because he does have that big body. He can skate. He can play. He has a great shot. Uh, he was our net front president on our first power play unit, so there's another two of our key guys were off on our power play units on right. both units. Um, so it would have been nice to have him in a heavier game, especially down the ozone where we created a little bit more ozone time. I thought we lacked on that part in the game. Um, the first period was fantastic. It was back and forth. The first half of the second period, kind of the same thing. And then uh, they get that breakaway opportunity to capitalize on it. And 
we just didn't seem to have the energy and the juice left in the tanks. Tried to refocus in the third, switch things up, did a face-off play right off back on their zone, created an opportunity, uh, but just didn't have enough gas in the tank to uh, to crawl our way back. The key was we needed to score early like we did in the previous two games and get those guys on their heels. We had some opportunities, uh, didn't capitalize on it, and, and that's the game. All right, uh, and, you, and New Brunswick was good. It's got to be stated. Yeah, they, they, well, they're obviously a very good program and a very good team, and uh, had a great season and a strong year. So, yeah. Uh, all right, switching focus. The work doesn't stop. You got to, you know, <laughs> you, you have players that you're going to potentially lose. Uh, have you done the postseason exit interviews? Do you and Stan Marple have an idea of what you're looking at in terms of how many guys you're going to have to replace that are going to, you know, either graduate or, uh, you know, move on? Uh, usually in the past, by now, we've had one or two or sometimes three or four guys already talking to professors and taking off for school this week. Haven't heard from any of the individuals yet. Um, so we've given them this week kind of off to get caught back up in academics and get everything going, make sure they don't didn't fall too far behind. Uh, and I'll start meeting with the players individually next week and see where, you are, where we are. I'm assuming one or two might uh, take off, but at the same time, they need to finish their classes to make sure they graduate this spring. So I think that's limiting a couple guys. Uh, there's a possibility maybe one or two of our players come back for an MBA or, or a second undergraduate program. So a lot of discussion here, but we've talked to a number of players that we think in, in the Western Hockey League that can come in and uh, be a factor for us immediately and help us keep uh, retooling this program. All right. Ian, great stuff. Thanks for doing the interviews all season long, and I'll see you Friday night. Great, thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Ian Herbers. He is the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. It's 149 at Edmonton. We're going to return with this day in Oilers history when we return in Oilers now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Quick text on the Ashley Fine Floors tax line. Bob, you ask Husky alum here listening to Ian. So much respect for him as a coach and a leader of young men and his comments on the entire week as well as the game on Saturday. What a role model. The Bears are fortunate to have a man like that running their program. Uh, that's from a you ask Husky alum who's down in the States right now. Uh, by the way, when Ian Herbert says that's 80s hockey, he actually played 80s hockey. He was not a shrinking violet back in the day uh, in the Western Hockey League. Uh, had multiple seasons, uh, three of over 200 penalty minutes. So he was not a timid player. Seven se- seven of the years he played the minors, he was over 100 pens as well. We're going to go to this day in order's history for New West Travel. Fly private charter for a five-day golf getaway to Pinehurst, North Carolina in October. Details at newwesttravel.com. Here's Brendan Escott. 1998, Curtis Joseph set an Oilers team record with his seventh shutout of the season, 18th of his career. It was a 2-0 win over the St. Louis Blues here in Edmonton. 
Joseph broke his own record of six shutouts that he set uh, the year before. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports tonight from 6 to 8 p.m. Here's Brendan. Yeah, you'll hear from uh, Luke Gazdick. A little more on the Golden Bears from uh, Captain Matt Fontaine, as well as a 2022 Grey Cup champion, former U of A Golden Bears O-lineman Justin Lawrence, who is now with the Alouettes. Uh, Danny Machocha. They got new ownership in Montreal, don't they? Uh, Palado's out of that team now, so lots of money there. Uh, tomorrow, daily face-offs, Frank Saravalli for the horses and horse race in Alberta. Find event schedules at thehorses.com. We'll see you at the races. John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. He's in town. He'll join us at 1.30. And out of Arizona from Phoenix Hockey Now, Craig Morgan at 1.05. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then Chelsea on 10 with Chelsea Bird from 3 to 6. Back at you tomorrow at noon.